What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new. Something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard, where every 25-point lead is safe. As always, I'm Sid. What's going on, Reg? Hey, you know me. Anytime the Saints win, it's a good week, man. Wind blow just a little bit uh better. Sun don't kill you. Work a little <laughs> bit more peaceful. Kids behave a little bit more better. So yeah, all, all all's good over here. So the Chicago Bears came down to New Orleans uh, to play the Saints in the Superdome, and uh, Saints ended up pulling off a twenty-four to seventeen victory. Um, there was a lot of good to take from this victory, even to say to say it was closer of a game than it should have been. Uh, I want to say that uh, it was closer than both of us anticipated it being when we made our picks last week as well. Um, and even with it just being a touchdown game, I feel like there were way more good takeaways from this game than there were bad, and there haven't been too many of those games for us this season. Um, so what is it that you saw within this game that uh, that stood out for you? Uh, for one, Chicago played way better than what I expected. Um, particularly, they ran the ball way better than what I think me or you both expected. Uh, Freeman was able to must up 82 yards. I thought he was going to crack 100 on us. Uh, but they just had success, even with their quarterback using his legs. Uh, he kept us guessing. Um he was accurate for the most point besides the interceptions. To me, that was the biggest difference of the game. Uh, offensively, they matched us uh, in the first half, and we kind of uh, broke it open later on in the second half. But them missing that field goal, uh, Santos missing that field goal right before half, I think that was crucial. That was crucial for the Bears. They could have went up three going into half. And you know the Saints, the, the story of the Saints have been Whatever the defense give you the first half, they're not giving you that 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 same look in the second half. You won't be as successful doing whatever you are. And once again, after halftime, we only allowed three points. You know, one single uh, scoring opportunity for the team in the second half. It's becoming a trend in New Orleans now for this defense. Um, and our defense just made plays, not taking anything away from their defense. Our defense took the ball away from them, and that's what you want to do. Uh, four times this past weekend, uh, which is the most we've had all season, and now we are the interception leader of the NFL. Uh, but I think uh, Chicago played well, quarterback in general, just unfortunately made a couple bad throws, which led to to interceptions. Uh, Derek Carr, another strong performance. I'm going to start with the offensive line because now I can say I feel comfortable with our O-line moving forward. Yeah. Um, he was untouched this game, didn't, didn't record a sack on Derek Carr. Derek Carr also didn't force any bad balls, no turnovers there. You want to see Michael Thomas get involved a little earlier. Uh, he went catching the south there, but we still was able to pull off a W. And uh, still a little shaking up about our run game. Uh, outside of Taysom Hill, we really didn't have any any contributors on the ground this week, but I uh, was able to stand strong and get a W. And uh, so I'll start right there with you, Lef, which was the run game. That was uh, one of the shocking things to me was that we weren't able to run the football well against this team, yeah. especially because of how well Kamara has been running the football since he's been back exactly. on suspension. So for him to come out and, and really struggle uh, was shocking. But like you spoke of, Taysom Hill 
basically was able to make up for that uh, on his own uh, when it came to the run game. Beijing being able to run the football um, in the manner of which he was able to was the biggest thing for Chicago in that first half. Um, you're talking about, I mean, he finished with eight rushes for 70 yards. Like, that's that's not something that we were anticipating uh, Beijing to be able to do coming into this football game. It's not really something we've seen him do in this young career of his. Um, so that definitely caught, uh, caught us off guard. But once again, like you said, Deontay Foreman was able to also have success running the football off of his 40 carries as well. Um, like you say, man, for defense, it's been a tale of two halves for the past four games at least. Um, and the difference in this game, honestly, was that the offense was able to match what, what the defense gave up. So, you know, the defense gave up those 14 points in the first half. We were able to score 14 points. And then, like you say, we get to the second half and we only allow three. That's that's yep. the difference right there. <laughs> um, and like you say, forcing the turnover. Beijing didn't play bad. Um, didn't. He really did. He made one bad decision early in the game, not, you know, noticing uh, the zone coverage that was there and, and the Debo. Oh, Debo. Passing the Debo, MVP of the game. We can go ahead and throw that out there now. He had a perfect uh, football game. I saw uh, the only cornerback to have a higher score than him this past week. Uh, the only defender to have a better score than him was Kenny Moore, and he had two pick sixes. So you not he can't top you. that. Yeah. But outside he can't top of that, that he, yeah. yeah so, but outside of that, you, what he had two picks. Uh, I want to say he had a forced fumble or a fumble recovery. No, it was a forced fumble. Uh, yeah, so um, brilliant by him. But, yeah, defensively uh, picked it up in the second half. Uh, something else, uh, Darnell Mooney. Once again, we talk about a young quarterback. So, you know, we don't know exactly who he's going to build chemistry with. But it was mm-hmm. so random for Darnell Mooney to be the guy uh, to come into New Orleans and give us trouble uh, in the first half especially. Um that's normally how it goes with New Orleans. <laughs> it's normally how it goes. Uh, yeah, but all in all, man, a good performance. Taysom Hill. Um, it, it seems like they figured out how to use uh, Taysom Hill in the red zone. It'd be nice if they figure out exactly how to use everybody else in the red zone too. But as long as this Taysom Hill thing is working, you're gonna keep beating it. <laughs> uh, but it would be nice for us to figure out something else uh, that's gonna work when we get into the red zone. Um, I saw, uh, we saw early that Derek Carr made an effort to get uh, Olave involved and get him going. Um, yeah. Didn't really pan out, but it's good to see that them trying to actually build and work on their connection right. uh, going yep. forward for sure. Um, so, I mean, once again, man, a good win. Uh, we sit uh, alone atop the NFC South through nine weeks uh, with a 5 4 record. I'll take um, it. <laughs> and we got Minnesota, which is another game that we should win coming up, and we'll talk about that later. But uh, another good week of, of Saints football. Got a quick question for you. What's up? Defense, defense force four turnovers. Uh, you get a field goal kicker to miss in Santos. And, oh, and also. Uh, just to mention it, because we got to mention it, uh, Ruby uh, still having his struggles as well as a kicker. Have, well. Um, yeah, I, I'm sh- I'm sure every Saints fan in the world is well aware of that. Yeah, right now. 
Yeah. I'm start I thought it was a, more of a me thing, but I'm starting to see other uh other members of the Hudat Nation express their concerns about groupie going forward. Oh, of course. And just yeah. about groupie, so, uh before you get back to what you about to say, just about groupie, the same thing me and mm-hmm. you had a conversation right after the game. I think this is a situation where they're gonna practice patience. Uh number one, because he's a rookie and usually rookies get extended that type of patience. Um, but for two as me and you discussed on the phone, he's really, to me, only cost us one game this season. Uh, once that becomes two or steam rolls into three, now you're talking about, all right, now you're out the door. But uh, with it just being him actually looking at us being able to look at it and say, that's the only game he 100% cost us, I think that continued practice and patience with him. And I think as fans, we should be able to do the same, especially uh, as long as it doesn't get to where he himself is actually costing us win after win. Gotcha. So I have two questions for you following this game, and actually one was concerning Blake Groupie. So I'll leave with that question first, which I was going to save that for last. We saw a situation where Dennis Allen decided to go for it on fourth and one in obvious field goal territory. Do you think Blake Groupie's uh, inconsistency played a factor in that decision? No. You don't think so? No, I think uh, I think this is one of the times where uh, they look at the numbers and the numbers say, which I'm sure is uh, the case a lot of the time, and they just ignore it. But I'm quite sure the numbers said that <laughs> this is a high percentage chance. This is the time to go for it. And I think he just decided mm-hmm. to go for it right there, trying to build momentum uh, and keep what we had going going in that situation. Okay. All right. I can live with it. Uh, you are the, the nicest Saints fan, I, I must say, that I know. Uh, every situation where I'm ready to pull a little hair out that I do have, you find peace in it some type of way. I was about to say it depends, because <laughs> it depends, because I've, I've had my moments where I've been firing <laughs> and cutting people left and right. <laughs> so, so next question, right? Defense. This was the defense that when the year first started, the first three to four games, I said, man, we're probably talking about a team that's definitely top three in the NFL right now. Um, and then, and that was through the bad play of offense. And now yeah. these last few weeks, we have been seeing the defense that give up big plays, give up unnecessary touchdowns, even if it's in the course of the last game. Definitely the highest penalized defense in all of the NFL. Uh, they always get off to a slow start. It's kind of reverse from what the offense was doing. Yeah. Now the defense is getting off to a slow start and figuring out the second half. Uh, we just played a team that we both agree where it shouldn't have been a close game. You see a situation where the defense were able to force four turnovers, but only win by seven points. Does that bring any concern whatsoever to you? No. It should, probably, but it doesn't. <laughs> um, once again, the defense gets the ball back, and the offense has its struggles. And... I I judge the Saints right now week by week by are we struggling less than what we were last week on offense? And every week it's gotten better and better and better and better. And as long as that continues to be the trend and we're able to stay healthy, by week 15, we should be looking at a team like the Chicago Bears. I don't know if we have a team like that left on our schedule, but if, if Carol, we got to play Carolina again. If we have a Carolina week 15, 16, 17, 18 of the season, we should be looking at, oh, the defense got us two turnovers. We put up 28 points. 
we won by two touchdowns. Uh, now, if if we continue, if we start going back the other direction, um, then of course, look, the defense can only do so much offensively. We, like it, it don't matter what we are on uh, defense if our offense can't do anything. We're the Jets in that situation, and we should be better than the Jets because of who our quarterback is. Uh, but also because we have more talent than them offensively right now uh, as well. So, uh, like I said, right now I'm taking it week by week. As long as we get better offensively every week, I think we should be fine. All right. That's something that we'll definitely have to keep an eye on moving forward with these Saints, man. They're not turning the football over. Yeah, they're, they're definitely not doing that. Derek Carr is yeah. very precise where he's going to football. And I got to shout my boy out, Cam Jordan. Got another sack on the year. I love when uh-huh. Cam get a sack, man. <laughs> I think I think he got uh, the sack on Matt Ryan. He got before the game was the good luck to him. Man. I was just about to say it was because Matt Ryan was in the building. That, that's what exactly. it was. <laughs> that extra that extra motivation he needs. All right, so let's just look around the league. Uh, week nine. Uh, let's just do a week nine recap. Look at some of the other things that happened in the NFL. Um. One of the biggest things that stood out to me was the Minnesota Atlanta game. Once again, looking across at one of our division opponents, um, and only in Atlanta fashion can you can you can yes. you lose to a quarterback who doesn't know the name of Bruh. his teammates, <clears throat> um, Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> I got that down, written down as the most <laughs> impressive thing over this weekend. Yeah, Joshua Dobbs going in, winning a game. 100%. Two touchdowns, no turnovers, and winning a game. That and, was impressive. Man, this dude has some of the most incredible scrambles. For a guy that we don't think of as a as a, a really mobile guy, he has some of the most incredible scrambles that I've seen. Yeah. And it extends yeah. drives. Um, he's another yeah. guy that doesn't put the ball on harm's way like that. But for him to go into that huddle and not know many of the guys, not really know the playbook, and have to ask them, okay, what's going on here, what's going on on this play, in the huddle, exactly. and go out there and execute exactly. is, is incredible. And if you're a Falcon fan, I don't know how you, I don't know how you're okay, okay today, <laughs> if we're being honest. Um, but that that was that well, was crazy. I tell you, I tell you what. Um, it was so crazy. I was flipping the channels, and as soon as I turned to the game, I saw he had just threw a touchdown pass. In my mind, I'm saying, there's no way he's starting quarterback today. Yeah. Like, no way possible. Uh, and I told you, I thought it was Joe Webb or somebody. Yeah. Uh, because it was a quick glance. Uh, but we fan all this about Joe Webb, and now he's coming. We got to go see him this coming <laughs> Sunday. So we're really about to find out what he's about. Um, Miami, Kansas City. That game got off to a hell of a start, and it, it fooled all of us into thinking we were going to have uh, fireworks throughout this whole game, yeah. and that quickly, that quickly went away. <laughs> Do yeah. you have concerns about Kansas City's offense right now? I don't. I really you don't. don't. I don't. I do not. I kind of look at Patrick Mahomes as the modern-day Tom Brady. Like, long as you got this guy, you have a chance. The defense for Kansas City is so underrated. I, I'm just going to begin there. The defense is so underrated for Kansas City. Yeah. Um, to the fact where you're looking at a situation where you're going every week, do you think we can hold them under 20? 
yes. If their if their defense is going to hold whatever team under twenty, I'm picking Kansas City just because yeah. of who they got playing quarterback. And I mean, he has potentially the greatest tight end ever played a game when it's all said and done, especially if you're looking at numbers, it's probably going to be Travis Kelsey. So long as I got Patrick Mahomes and I got Travis Kelsey and the defense is not allowing 20 points, yeah, I'm picking KC all day long. So, no, I have no concerns for Kansas City right now. And that's my biggest thing. So my answer is no to the question as well, but my answer is no because they have a top five defense right now. And that was Mm -hmm. something uh, um, not foreseen coming into this season. That defense is playing tremendously well. Um, That's the first thing. Because of that defense, I'm not concerned about their offense. But also something that they showed us Sunday, which was huge to see, is when they take away Travis Kelsey, can you still sustain him? Even though these guys may not be consistent, they may not be uh, have 100% trust from Patrick Mahomes, they're able to do enough in order to, to overcome them holding Travis Kelsey to three catches for 17 yards. And that's huge. If they can still win games when Travis Kelsey is taken completely out of the game plan, then there's nothing there's, there's nothing to worry about. And if that defense is going to continue playing as it's planned, then yeah, I, there's no reason there's no reason to worry that way. Yeah, I agree. They had a play in this past game with Miami and Kansas City where Patrick Mahomes attempted like a 50-yard ball to uh, Dan Scanley uh, trying to ice the game on third down, third and short. He yeah. caught it with an ice the game pretty much. And he got his hands on it, but uh, he wasn't able to bring it in. It was a beautiful strong ball. But it's plays like that that I think, you know, you just spoke about him not having trust or maybe not even being on the same page with those guys. Those kind of balls, if they turn into catches, he'll start yeah. feeding them right away. But he definitely got a receiver in Rice, Pacheco, whatever he decides to bring to the table. We know he runs hard, but those games where he can get 70, 80 yards rushing, just icing on the cake for that offense. And McKinnon has been underrated in the offense so far, too. What he Talk comes in and around. gives them uh, out of the backfield. Uh, young quarterback yep. play was something I wanted to talk about this past week, too. We already spoke about Be- uh, Beijing because okay. he played against us. Um, he did have the three turnovers that we talked about. Um, but, I mean, he still went 18 to 30, 222 touchdown, had 80 yards on, mm-hmm. on, on the ground. Uh that's still pretty impressive uh, for a rookie quarterback who's, what, three three starts in, I think, now, maybe four. Um, yep. C.J. Strong, mm-hmm. a rookie of the year. We can go ahead and dub him that. Um, yep. 30 of 42 for 470 yards, five touchdowns, no picks, got sacked three times. 42. I told you before. That's the, that, yeah. that's the number I care yeah. about, 42. That's he threw the ball 42 <laughs> times. Yeah. Rookie quarterbacks. If you ask any rookie yeah. quarterback to drop that 42 times, yeah, you're just counting on it ain't gonna be at free. least one pick being yeah. thrown, at least. Zero, zero in the yeah. yeah. I told you before we played Carolina, like, just judging by numbers, you could make a case that he was playing the best football out of any quarterback in the NFL before we played yes. them. Uh, now, I think it's it's very obvious that CJ Stride is is for real. I don't yeah. think moving forward, nobody else will kind of see him in the light of a rookie. They're gonna look expectations for him has just went up here moving forward. No one else is gonna give him a that that rookie pass as other quarterbacks I, may get. 
I'd have to look, but I'm quite sure he has to. I would say top five, but for sure I'd say top seven. He has to be uh, when it comes to quarterback numbers. I'd say he has, like this year, so far he has QB uh, stats and numbers. Um, The only only thing was holding him back previous to last week was the yards and touchdowns. I mean, he was still up there, but touchdowns were definitely lower. But, I mean, he didn't put up five tubs. Exactly. <laughs> when you do that in one week, it definitely helps. Um, and the biggest thing yeah. is he's not out there throwing in anybody special. Like, no disrespect to those guys, but, you know, we, yeah. we've seen Nico Collins. We know what Robert Woods is, especially at this age. Uh, Tank Dale, he's a rookie, so we're learning about him as we go, too. Darnie Schultz, we know what he is. He's a, serviceable, he's a serviceable tight end, but he's not Kelsey or, you know, any of these guys. So, um, yeah. Just imagine what happens when Stroud gets even more talent uh, over there with him in Houston. That's going to be something to really look forward to. Um, I threw Will Levis in there, too. Um, Will Levis, they played Pittsburgh. They played Pittsburgh last Thursday. We know what Pittsburgh is on defense. That's always where it's at. Um, He threw 39 passes. (laughs) Once again, uh, another another high high total when it comes to to attempts. He went 22 with 39 for 262 yards. Uh, he didn't score a touchdown. He threw one pick. Once again, you're asking a rookie quarterback to drop back that many times. It usually yeah, is a disaster. Yeah. But you're talking about one interception. Like, if you're Tennessee, you're saying, you're yeah, we look at that. Yeah. We, once we, and once again, we're talking about somebody who doesn't have the greatest cast of characters when it comes to who he's yeah. throwing the football to. But um, those three guys, for sure, this week, I definitely wanted to to point out because young quarterbacks have been um, another guy, Aiden O'Connor, uh, Vegas defense went out there and borrowed out, so he wasn't asked to do oh, too much. Yeah. But what he was asked to do, he was, he, he went out there and did. Um, yeah. So we, we've seen a lot of young quarterbacks this season uh, step into the light and play some good football. So uh, that's definitely been good to see, and you want to see that good. continue. Yeah, very, very good to see. Um. I was going to jump into the Caleb Williams thing, but I do want to talk about Philly Dallas. Uh, were you able to see that that uh, entire uh, game? That, that that was the most impressive game of uh, this past weekend of, of football uh, yeah. to me. That was that was it. I don't know if it was expectations or the fact that Dallas played better than what I thought they would play, but overall, that was by far the most entertaining game to me this this weekend. Dak wasn't the problem, and oh. that's always my thing going into Dallas's games is Dak turning the football over or Dak making the bad decision at the worst time. And outside of him stepping out of bounds early on that two-point conversion, which, once again, if I had somebody 200-some yards, <laughs> 200-some pounds rushing at me at that speed, uh, I'll probably step out of bounds in the early two, not paying attention. But uh, outside of that, man, that played a, a great game of football. Um, yeah. And once again, I when we talked about it last week, I said, to me, the difference of this game is going to be if that turns the football over or not. Uh, and I don't, I think he went clean this game. I don't think he turned the football over at all. Yeah. Um, his offensive line allowed two horrendous sacks on that last drive. Um, which really, which really buried them as they was moving the football down the field. Um, 
But man, uh, the surprise for, it was a good game, which you always root for. You know, uh, you get let down sometimes. This one wasn't one of those times. Uh, Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, uh, CD Lamb. These past two weeks has been nuts by Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing with Dallas right now, to me, is that supporting cast still isn't showing up. You got that. You got CD Lamb, but where's Tony Pollard? Uh, where's Brandon Cooks? Where's Michael Gallup? Uh, those are the guys. Even Jake Ferguson has been showing up more than some of these guys we thought that they'd be able to rely on more coming into the season. Um, I saw they went out and signed uh, Martavis Bryant. Uh, so he'll be making yep. his comeback with Dallas. Uh, and once again, when you looked at them going into the season, you looked at those three receivers and you said, oh, they'll be, they'll be fine. Like that, that, that got some reliable guys out there. And so far, uh, C.D. Lamb is the only one that's been coming true for them, and that's the issue with that offense right now, honestly. Yeah. So just kind of going back to this this past Cowboys game, uh, you brought up some of those supporting cast members. Um, a crucial part of that game was on third down when they were forced to punt the ball uh, because he had a drop from Michael Gallup. Ball hit him right in his hands on like a dig route for three yards, yeah. and he dropped it. It was, they had to punt the football. Dak Prescott played a, a good game. Uh, I think a couple of those, uh, I think he only got sacked. He got sacked three or four times that game, I think. I counted two of them on Dak from just holding on to the ball a tad bit too long. Five. Um, but it was a couple plays where he held on to the ball too long and he made magic happen. So you got to take the good with the bad there. Uh, unfortunately, in the fourth quarter, that sack on first down was just so crucial uh, to them being able to muster up a comeback and win this this game against the Eagles. This game came down to two things to me. Fourth down, Dallas couldn't convert. We all know Philly's going to convert. Every time Philly got in the red zone, they punched it in. Dallas, they fell short. And that was the difference of this game. Both O-lines played better than what I thought they would play. Both quarterbacks played better than what I thought they would play. Um, it, they matched each other. I thought Philly was going to be able to run the ball down Dallas' throat. Um, they were not able to. Both teams played very well. It came down to Dallas not being able to score uh, in the red zone on that one possession. That was the sole difference of the game. And then I'm looking at this box score right here just to just to add on to my point. So once again, it's not even just about this game. This has been all season long. You got C.D. Lamb who had 11 catches for 191 yards. You had Jake Ferguson, who had seven catches for 91 yards. And then you had Jalen Tolbert, who had three catches for 49. Got a touchdown, too. Michael Gallup had two catches for 19 yards, and Brandon Cooks had one for seven. If you would have told me he only had one catch, I would have said, no, he had to have at least three. One catch from Brandon Cooks. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they got to figure that out. That's what's going on. And on top of that, you got, I think Tony Pollard had 50 rushing yards, maybe. Uh, but once again, against that Philly defense, you know, that's a, that's a tougher defense to yeah. run against. So you get it, but once again, this is, this is pretty much every week for them, and that's been the difference. Yeah. Yep. Um, so what, we're, we're week 10. We're halfway through the season. Um, so now it's, it's, it's time to start, for some teams, it's already time to start looking towards the draft. Absolutely. So, so uh, Absolutely. consensus right now is 
Caleb Williams will be the number one overall pick next year. He will be the first quarterback off the board. He will be the first player off the board. Um, right now, right now, Chicago. Yeah, Chicago owns the number one overall pick, if I'm not mistaken. Um, because of Washington. the trade with Carolina. Because of the trade with Carolina. They got Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Carolina's one and seven right now. Um, actually, Arizona's one and eight now. So Arizona should have the number one overall pick, uh, followed by Chicago, uh, who has two and three, if I'm not mistaken. They have two and three right now. Uh, and then you got the Giants in there. You got the Patriots in there. Um, mm-hmm. Which of these teams, if not all of them, should be it should be kicking? Uh, who should be kicking it on this season entirely and start looking forward to getting their hands on Caleb Williams uh, going into this off season? To me, it's a bunch of teams that uh, that can use him, right? Uh, a team that you didn't bring up that I definitely feel like need to change their quarterback already is the Green Bay Packers. To me. I just don't see it in Jordan Love. Um, and I told you, to me, I still kind of treat him as a rookie being his first yeah. uh, NFL season being a starting quarterback. You know, there was going to be somewhat of a learning curve, but I expect him to be a little further on than the true rookies being yeah. his backup, Aaron Rodgers, for a couple years. Um, but out of all these teams, to be honest, I would prefer to see the New England Patriots get Caleb Williams. I feel like they have the offensive line to protect him right now. They have the cap to bring in uh, weapons to support him. You have great leadership in the building, and you have a winning pedigree in Bill Belichick. Um, the rest of the teams, I feel like if the Bears get them, they're right back to having Justin Fields. Um, you got a talented quarterback, very shifty, mobile, uh, but you don't have nothing around him in a sense outside of DJ Moore, and you don't have an O-line to protect him. Your defense, you're still rebuilding. All that good stuff. And you can kind of say that about, I mean, obviously Carolina wouldn't take them with just getting Bryce Young. Um, Arizona, you can't pay Kyler Murray all that money and then turn around and draft another quarterback. Um, The Giants, Daniel Jones just got his deal. So, I mean, to me, it would be the Patriots. I feel like Mac Jones has had enough time uh, to prove that he can do it. And I'm not saying Mac Jones is a bad quarterback. I'm just saying, to me, it's obvious he's not good enough to win with mediocre players around him, nor is anyone busting down the door for the Patriots to to sign up to play alongside of him. So I just think it makes more sense for a team like the Patriots to fall behind and pick up on Caleb Williams. So for me, it's Chicago, and it's easy. Like, it's easily Chicago for me. Um, I think that Caleb Williams is a better quarterback than what Justin Fields is as a throw of the football. Um, and he can do a lot of the same things uh, mobile, uh, mobily, not to the same extent as Justin Fields. And like I said, I look at Justin Fields as Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson. Uh, Caleb Williams isn't quite that. But, with it. Um, I definitely see Caleb Williams as a better passer of the football. I feel like he would. Um, I feel like him as a quarterback, just him as a quarterback leads to more wins than the Justin Fields will. Um, and if you couple that with another top five pick, which once again, Chicago looking like they're going to have two, uh, two picks in the top five. If you tell me that Chicago takes Justin Fields, I mean, takes Caleb Williams and then turns around and takes 
either the best offensive lineman in this draft or Marvin Harrison Jr., then I say we're looking at a Bears team who, depending on, of course, what they do in free agency, which they're going to have a ton of money to do whatever they want to uh, in free agency and offense is really where they have to to fix things. Um, yep. But if you tell me that they spent a, t- a ton of money on offense, mainly offensive line, they add Caden Williams and Marvin Harrison, then you're looking at that Chicago mm-hmm. team next season as, man, the second best team in the NFC, in the NFC North, which may not be saying a lot right mm-hmm. now, but, Maybe. you know, two, three years from now, if you start with that going into next season, two or three years from now, that's a that's a turnaround franchise. Like, that's something that may be able to be turned yeah. around just as quickly as Houston did by getting two top five picks, drafting Bryce Young, drafting Will Anderson, and putting the right people in the right positions. Um, but the second team, for me, is the Rams. I think the Rams mm-hmm. put themselves in this position years ago when they said, fuck these draft picks, and we're going we're gonna to do what we have to do to get to a Super Bowl. As long as we get the Super Bowl, that's fine. We'll be able to rebuild after that. We're years past that Super Bowl. They finally took point to where they get picks again. And then once again, they've, they've overachieved in everybody's eyes this season already. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah, r- realistically, the Rams still play competitive football, and I just don't see them uh, losing enough to be, to be found in that situation. Um, oh, once again, we're talking about a team that's shown us that they'll say fuck these picks. So if it comes down to how many picks do we need to give so up to trade <laughs> up to get yeah. Caleb Williams, yeah. when we still got Aaron Donald, we still got Cooper Cup, oh, yeah. we got Puka Nakua who's come along, we have a good coach. <laughs> so if, if they're saying the quarterback position is the thing that's going to take us back to where we need to be, I'm sure they'd give it all up for him. Uh, so that would be another team that I'd watch. Yeah, and I, think, I would like to make a move like that. <clears throat> That'd be very interesting. And then he kind of gets to stay home in that situation, which yeah. would be a coming home feel good story. Uh, but honestly, I just do not see the Rams. Man, that'd be tough, man, to to finally get back to where you have draft capital and say, here you go. It'd be pretty, it'd be pretty tough, but also it'd be pretty easy because you get your quarterback in the next 10 years, yeah. if not more. Uh and you, and you know they can put together offensive schemes that got everything in house to to go out and win immediately. So yeah, I can see that as well. I, I just think the Patriots need something new, man. This is a team that has been struggling now for the last four years offensively, yeah. uh, and they have have signed they have showed zero progression at all. Last four years, same exact offense, same exact struggles. Yeah. Nothing has changed. They need help. The the one thing, <laughs> the one thing that's gonna, I don't want to say save, but the one thing that may prevent New England from doing such, which is whether it's drafting Caleb Williams or drafting Drake May, or signing a free agent and bringing in anybody that's not Mac Jones. The one thing that I could see throwing all of that out of the window is the fact that Josh McDaniels is available, and I'm quite sure he'll be back in New England next year. Maybe possibility. Yeah, I can see it. That's, that's the one thing. Know, yeah, you know, that's that, how they go. That's the one thing. And once again, Josh McDaniels is by far better than any offensive coordinator that's been around that team. Uh, 
he's definitely been the best in what 20 years at least. So um last thing I wanted to touch on about this past week, well, really is this week going forward, honestly, is uh we got some more stars returning off of injury. Um Justin Jefferson had his window open today. Um they said he won't play this week, but uh he's on track. Uh, Justin okay. Fields is another guy they're going slow with. They say he probably won't play this week either, but he's on track. He's back practicing. Kyler Jeff Murray. He's going to play. Kyler Murray will be starting Sunday. So that's. Wow. Okay. That, yeah. Wow. So he's, he's a back. faster than what I thought. Um, and they opened the window for James Conner to come back. Uh, I don't know if they're looking at him playing okay. Sunday, but they've opened up a window back up for him as well. And just wanted to point out that Aaron Rodgers is out here cheating and putting something in his body that definitely shouldn't be there for him to be doing what he's doing already after tearing his Achilles. I'm not. I'm. I'm just gonna Bruh. go ahead and say it. I don't know what Bruh. it is. It gotta be illegal. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he got put in his body, but. Bruh. It's crazy yes. what he's yeah, out here yeah, doing yeah. this shortly after turning yeah. uh, team. It's amazing. I guess when you have the best uh, surgeons in the world and all the narcotics and other things <laughs> that money can buy, uh, miracles <laughs> are are easy to come around. But yeah, it's that's that's crazy. No, that is crazy. All right, so let's look forward to next week, week ten. Um, we go down to Minnesota. Well, we go to Minnesota to take on the Josh Dobbs and the Minnesota I'm Vikings. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. We are road favorites with two and a half point favorites in this game. Um, once again, Josh Dobbs, I'm quite sure, will be starting Sunday. Uh, Jaron Hall got concussed on Sunday, so usually players don't follow up the next week and end up playing. Um, Cam Akers tore his Achilles that game as well. So that's another mm-hmm. tough blow for them. KJ Osborne got hurt. I, I don't think he's going to be playing Sunday either. So uh, we're talking oh, about offense that was already shorthanded, getting more shorthanded. Um, I haven't seen, I haven't looked at our injury report yet this week, but I can't think of any injuries uh, based off of our game Sunday and going into Sunday that would lead to anybody, you know, uh, big missing this game. So I'm going to assume that we're pretty healthy going into this week. Um, that being said, now that I've talked that out, uh, that two and a half seems kind of low, honestly. Um, <laughs> but uh, but what do you see going into this game against the Vikings? Uh, I see the offense continuing to have success. I think it starts early with Elvin Kamara. I think that's going to be the guy to watch against Minnesota. I could definitely see a situation where Elvin Kamara has 70 yards uh, rushing and over 50 yards receiving in this game, probably a pair of touchdowns. I just think it's going to be the Elvin Kamara show. When I look at their defense, I don't see now which way they can stop Elvin Kamara. Um, and if you, of course, load the box and over-pursue, we've seen that O-line stand defensive lineman up these past three weeks, and Shahid beat people over top. I think Michael Thomas get involved in the mix, but I just think this is a very, very uh, heavy dose of Elvin Kamara. Uh, when you flip the side, hopefully the defense get off to a to a quick start. But you say, even if they can't, even if the defense give up two touchdowns on the very first two possessions, 
I don't think Minnesota has enough to keep us guessing. Once we yeah. figure out, you know, what they're doing, what we need to take away, I think the defense will be successful moving forward. Uh, I do see the Saints winning. I do see the Saints covering. Uh, I would probably go, I, I would say we score, man, I'm going to say 30. See, it? I'm going to take 30 for the Saints. And I'll probably say 17 for the Vikings. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go big Saints right here. Okay, yeah. See, I'm looking at the injury report now. The only players I see on it is Isaiah Foskey and uh, Kendrick Miller. They're both questionable. Um, mm-hmm. They have TJ Hawkinson on their injury report, too, but I think he's been on there probably every week, so I wouldn't uh, I expect him to still play. Um, Yeah, Minnesota has struggled defending the run all season long. Uh, that's something... That's something they've had trouble with. Uh, so I think this is definitely a game Alvin Kamara picks back up uh, where he was before this past Sunday. Um, but also I think this is going to be a chance to get Jamal Williams more involved too, uh, especially if we're able to handle this game the way we think that uh, we should be able to, because I agree with you. I don't see much coming out of their offense um, as long as we can keep Josh Dobbs from doing what Bajan did last Sunday, which is uh, extended drives with his legs. If yeah. we could prevent that, because I, especially if KJ Osborne doesn't play uh, as well, you're looking at TJ Hawkinson being your biggest threat, and then of course uh, worrying about uh, just not letting Jordan Addison get behind the defense. Um, so if those are the only two things to worry about, I feel fine in saying that uh, Minnesota shouldn't be able to to have too much success offensively against us. Um, and once again, if we're able to run the football successfully against Minnesota, which most teams uh, have been able to do so far this season, I think it should be a heavy dose of Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams throughout a lot of this game. And like you said, you know Kamara is going to give you um, 40, 50 yards through the, uh, and receiving as well. Um, man, I'm with you with the 30. I think this is a week that we should be able to get to 30. Uh, I think this is a week that by the end of the third quarter, we're just looking like, yeah, we're just going to run the football. We're going to run the clock out throughout the rest of this game. Uh, I'm going to say 32, I'm going to say 31, 14. 31, 14. Uh, The next game we're going to look at is the 49ers going to Jacksonville uh, to take on the Jags, of course. Uh, 49ers are also a road favorite. They're favored by three. Um, they've lost what three straight going. They lost three straight going into their bye week. Um, and now they're taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars team that is a really good football team, uh, offensively and defensively. Um, I'm actually kind of shocked at this <clears throat> at them uh, at Jacksonville not being in favor. Um, just too. off of you know what we saw from. <laughs> Uh, San Francisco the past three weeks, but also coming off a of bye week usually rejuvenates teams too, especially good teams. Um, injury report: No McCaffrey is uh, McCaffrey isn't on it. Um, Purdy isn't on it. Debo um, Samuel is not even on it anymore, so they should be pretty healthy uh, going into this game. Um, Man, Jacksonville has been really good so far this season. They really have. But as we keep saying every week when we get on here, when healthy, I think San Francisco is the best, the best team. Uh, 
in the NFL, and they just added Chase Young, who, unlike everybody else who got moved at the trade deadline, got a chance to actually have a week of practice with this team before having to go hit the football field. Um, man, this is this was a huge, but this was a perfect bye week for San Francisco. Losing those three games to the teams that they lost to, which once again were good teams that they ended up losing to, all but one. They ended up losing to that first loss was what, like Arizona or something like that, something crazy like that. Uh, but then I know they lost yeah, to Cincy, and they lost to, um, they lost to Cincy, and I'll just look. But um, I think Jacksonville, Jacksonville coming off a bye week as well, if I'm not mistaken. I believe they are, yep. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland. <clears throat> Cleveland, and then they lost to Minnesota, and then they lost to Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, and now they got Jacksonville. Once again, it. To me, with San Francisco, it's all about him. I'm not doubting Brock Purdy. I'm not doubting Kyle Shanahan in that offense. I'm not doubting that defense at all. Um, looking at the injury report and seeing all that top guys removed from it, that's all I need to see to be like, look, I'm taking San Francisco in this game. And I'm not saying they're going to blow out Jacksonville because I think Jacksonville is a really good football team. Um, I think the minus three is probably right on the head, honestly. Um, I can see San Francisco mm-hmm. winning this by – three points to a touchdown, but three, I mean, I don't think it'll come down to a field goal at the end. Um, so I'll take I'll take San Francisco uh, and say a touchdown, probably a late touchdown, but I think this is going to be a very close football game. Yeah, I think the same. Uh, I'm taking San Francisco as well. Um, like you said, when healthy, they're the best team, point blank period. To me, they're the best team. Uh, you're getting, you got Christian McCaffrey back. Uh, last week, you get Debo back this week. Uh, you added Chase Young. Uh, you had an extra week to prepare, let everybody nerves settle and all this good stuff. Um, the only thing I don't like about San Francisco this week is they're on the, t- on the road. Jacksonville has been yeah. one of the biggest surprise teams this year to me. And that's simply because my standards were so low for Trevor Lawrence. I just did not see him playing competitive football when matched up against other great NFL teams. And yeah. he, he's knocked off the Saints. He's knocked off the Bills. And I'm sure there's a couple others on there as well. Kansas, did they beat Kansas City this year? My aunt, somebody. No, they, they, beat somebody. They, they beat somebody else this year as well. Um, but I think this is the kind of game that the Jackson, well, not just Jacksonville, but Trevor Lawrence needs to have under his belt at this point of the season. If he can pull off a win against San Francisco, I really think moving forward, it, it raises the standard of play for him. Um, I don't expect him to do a whole lot against San Francisco. I think he'll be under 300 yards uh, of passing. I think he throws two touchdowns or fewer. Uh, But it comes down to, can he convert on third down? Can he not turn the football over? That's basically what it comes down What I'm betting on Trevor Lawrence. Um, It's just San Francisco is the better complete team, and I think this game is going to be won in the trenches, unfortunately. Um, and therefore, I have to go with San Francisco. I'm going to go San Francisco winning a game, but not covering. I'll probably take San Francisco 28-27. Okay. Um, so what's, what we got next? We got the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, we're talking about a division right now uh, where if the playoffs started today, all four teams would be in, which wants to get Pittsburgh high. Um, But... Cleveland 
Cleveland and Baltimore. Baltimore seven and two. Baltimore, <clears throat> the past two, the past two weeks for sure. I want to say three weeks to me has looked like the best team in football from what they've actually Absolutely. been able to put on you. the field. Um, I think I defensively they're giving up and that's 12 what points a game. Uh, I think 12 points a game is what they're Something allowing like on defense. And Lamar Jackson is having the, having his way. And it took a while, but I was sitting there, I, I mean, for like the first four weeks, I'm sitting here and I'm saying, y'all changing offensive coordinator haven't changed anything. This is the exact same offense. <laughs> and now we're seeing, uh, now we're seeing the difference that Muffin has, is making on this offense. Um, the Ravens are six-point favorites. I like Baltimore to win this game. Six points is a lot for me, just because Cleveland's defense has been playing damn near just as well as Baltimore's has uh, so far this season. My thing with Cleveland is a lot like how I be feeling about Dallas. The quarterback, uh, Deshaun Watson, will <laughs> he's not going to go out there and just look awful and just throw the game away, but in those certain moments, uh, where would that turnover come? Where would he hold the ball too long and take that sack? Um, especially against a defense like like this, who's not just going for the sack, they're going for the strip sack. They're trying to get the ball out. They're trying yeah. to get that, uh, they're, they're jumping routes, trying to get interceptions. Um, I think that with Deshaun Watson, just like I feel like with Dak, you're going to get one of those at the worst moment, and that's going to be what, what seals the game. I don't expect high scoring here at all, honestly. Um, I would say I'll take Baltimore to win 17 to 13. And I got Cleveland being able to to stay within those six points for sure. Yeah, and I, I kind of see it a little different here. Uh, I see the Ravens defense forcing a couple turnovers this game, uh, and that's going to result to points. Justin Tucker, I mean, he's money. You can count on him to make his field goals. Yeah. Um, and I do think in the red zone, they, they cash in and get touchdowns. I think great as Cleveland defense is, uh, no diss to him, but I just think Lamar Jackson is, is playing on a different level right now. Um, I think this game will go fairly even in the first half, and in the second half is when Cleveland's offense will kind of fall apart. I'm taking the Ravens to win and the cover. I'm having this one 27-17. I think they get uh, multiple chances to score simply off of the turnovers. All right, so the last game we're going to pick this week is Lions-Chargers. Uh, Chargers had that uh, had a, a good victory on Sunday against the Jets, um, but we know what they are defensively, and we know what they are offensively as well. Uh, Detroit got a bye week, got to rest up. Uh, coming out of their bye week, they're 6-2. and two. Um, Going into that bye week, outside of that last game that they had played against the Ravens, they were looking like one of the best teams in the NFL as well. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Detroit is favored. Detroit is uh, another road favorite. They're favored uh, by three. So what you looking at in this one? It's a, it's a tough one. I've been wanting to, to jump on this Chargers bandwagon, man, because I jumped pretty hard about two years ago. Uh, but they haven't been able to win meaningful games. And even when they do win, it's like, yeah, they should beat that team. Uh, and they always fall short against the better teams. Um, so they needed that win last last week, not just to win, but to win in the fashion that they did, yeah. I think was important. That's the biggest thing. Um, yeah. although, it, 
yeah, you know, uh, they could have let the Jets hang around, but they they pretty much put this game away. Um, the Lions is one of the better teams in the NFC, right? One of the best mm-hmm. offenses in all of football, all this good stuff. It comes down to what Jared Goff you're going to get, and he's not the same on the road as he is at home. Um, this is an opportunity for the Chargers to win another big game. The Chargers defense coming off their best performance of the year. Uh, I'm going to ride the hot team right here and take the Chargers for the upset at home. So I, I definitely agree with you with uh, the Chargers needed that win. Uh, more importantly, they needed to win in that fashion for their defense more so than anything mm-hmm. else. Their defense, Joey Bosa, Absolutely. Um, Khalil Mack, they were able to get to the quarterback. They were out there making plays. Mm-hmm. Um, that's huge for them. Unfortunately, <laughs> they're running into a DJ team that, like what you said, they have one of the best offenses in this league. They're one of the best teams in the NFC. Um, Jared Goff has been um, better than average. You know, he, he's better than just don't go out there and lose the game for us. Um, but more importantly yeah. to me, it seems like David Montgomery will be back Sunday. And David Montgomery has been a revelation for it's Detroit in a way nobody imagined. Yeah. Um, he's been out there on the field. He's been unstoppable. <laughs> and the Chargers is another team with a very weak run defense. Um, mm-hmm. So if they're able to control the football game just by running David Montgomery and then letting Jerry Goff feed off of that with his play action, um, to Amara St. Brown, to Laporta, to um, Jameson Williams, who you're trying to, you know, still get uh, yeah. going in this offense. Donovan Pippa-Jones, who you just acquired and has had mm-hmm. a week to practice with the team before playing his first game. Um, mm-hmm. The Chargers defense, <clears throat> outside of this past Sunday, has been too bad for me to think that that was a uh, <laughs> one-game fix-all. Um, so I think right. Detroit will come in here, and I'm not even saying that Detroit runs off with this game. Maybe this game ends up being a shootout, but I think Detroit mm-hmm. will be able to edge them out. Uh, I'm going to take Detroit 28 to 24. You yeah, take 24. Detroit 28 24. Yeah, I would probably take the. I'm definitely taking the Chargers to win. Um, I would probably go 24-20. Okay. All right, so week 10, we go out to the very game, except for one, which is on the Warner Saints. Uh, hopefully, they don't let us down. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Um, Wait, yeah, you we, said we went opposite? We went opposite mm-hmm. every game? You took uh, you took Jags to cover. I took 49ers. Uh, you went Baltimore, I went Cleveland. I went Detroit, you went the Chargers. Jesus Christ. That's why we do this show, Sid. <laughs> Even though that's rare. Usually usually we, we're, we're on the same page for at least two of them, usually. Right. But we're on the same page for the one that matters. So, you know, uh, we'll, we'll take that. Um, Man, anything else you wanted to touch on? I think that's it, man. Hopefully we can keep this, this streak going. 100%, man. We got Minnesota, and then we got a bye week. So if we can go into this bye week with a victory, that would that would be awesome, uh, especially really with be. Um, the L's that the rest of the division are taking as of late. So uh, if, we can, if we can go ahead and get up a game, uh, a couple games, that would be awesome. 
Yeah, I agree, man. Well, appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, like we always say, man, one-stop shop for all your Who That Nation talk. Uh, we keep you posted with all transactions, all moving news. So we appreciate y'all lending us y'all ear. And until next week, we'll, we'll holler. I'm in the league, you boys not in my league If you listen close, I'm coaching, say key Cause the boy hella dope without pushing a Blanco Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto If I don't do nothing, I'm about Lonzo Every time I do it, do it the coldest